This is Shifting Our Schools, Episode 70, Managing the Change. If you're looking to become an expert designer of authentic, purposeful, technology-rich learning experiences for your students, you've come to the right place. Welcome to Shifting Our Schools with your host, Jeff Udick. Well, welcome back, everybody, to Shifting Our Schools. Thank you for tuning in this week, and thank you to all of you who have left a rating or a review for us on iTunes. The last I checked, we were at 13 ratings and six reviews. My goal is, of course, to hit 15 ratings uh, and reviews, as many reviews as possible. And you can do that all from your phone right after you get done listening to this episode. It just helps us spread the word and be found in the iTunes store along with other podcast stores. So we just really appreciate anytime you can leave us a review or a rating. Again, my goal was uh, 15 reviews by the end of October, and we're at 13. And so if you could head over there and just give us a rating or review, we'd uh, really appreciate it. You know, when uh, the fall hits and you have that day when it all of a sudden sinks in that it's fall, that's today here in Seattle. It was a it's been just a beautiful last couple of weeks, and all of a sudden today the high is around uh, 59 degrees. It's been rainy and wet all day, and uh, my wife and I are walking around the house, and all of a sudden we're both having to put on sweatshirts and sweaters for the first time. And so fall is definitely here upon us in uh, Seattle. Uh, and it's just, it's almost a somber moment. You're like, oh, you know, this day's going to come. <laughs> and then it finally comes. So that's just kind of where we're at. Uh, another little quick update. Um, some of you might've noticed there were some episodes missing from the list uh, in your podcast player. If you're subscribed to us, which I hope you are, if you're subscribed to us, we were missing a couple episodes and it was brought to my attention by uh, Lissa the other day and she was like, you know, uh, episode 69 never posted and we were having some problems with the plugin. I just want to let everybody know we got all of those fixed. So if you didn't get episode 69 on Wednesday last week, I apologize for that. Uh, we had a little problem with uh, the website and the plugin and getting things to iTunes and the Google uh, Play Store. And so, but everything's fixed now. But if you missed some of those episodes, it looked like episodes 62 through 64 were missing, which included uh, a little rant I had about kids these days, uh, as well as uh, my 2018 keynote. If you missed that, you might want to go back and check those out. Some really good episodes in there as well. But I think we got everything fixed. And this should come out on time as well. Uh, We're going to jump right into it. Not a whole lot this week. I just want to make sure we get you your free PDF of the week and also talk about uh, the the sale we have going on to our bundle. So the first thing is, is this week, your free PDF is three simple ways to create a connected classroom. It's a free PDF. It's a quick guide to getting your students connected outside the walls of your classroom. And I continue to harp on this idea that one of the things that we say technology can do is break down the walls of our classroom. And it's things like this three simple ways to create a connected classroom is what we're talking about. The power of technology in the hands of students. Also to go with that, we are having a flash sale to continue this week on our bundle of courses we call Digital Literacy in the Connected Classroom. It's three courses, fantastic, full of resources and videos from our um, my colleague, Chrissy Hellyer, also one of the founders over at Eduro Learning, just some really great basic ideas to get started. You've got computers in your classroom. You have an internet connection in your school. You need to be connecting your kids. It's that simple. That is why 
we give every kid the power of the internet. And so you can get this course. This is three, it's actually three courses in a bundle. And again, the bundle is digital literacy in the connected classroom. It's a three course bundle that we usually sell for $69. But for this week, until the end of this week, it's on sale for just 25 bucks. So you get three courses, three online courses for $25. Uh, They're all self-paced. You can go through them at your own pace. We are there to support you if you have any questions. And again, when you connect with us here at Edero Learning, you have a global audience. We have Kim Confino sitting in Bangkok. We have Chrissy Hellyer sitting in New Zealand. We've got a host of our own personalized learning uh, via Twitter and network that you get to connect into. You take our courses, you get us in our network as well. So it's just a really, really good value. If that interests you, uh, please head over and buy that now before that sale ends. And of course, you can get all of this at sospodcast.org. And then at the top, you can click on CT, which stands for Connected teacher. So that's sospodcast.org. And then you can click on the CT at the top for connected teacher. Of course, all the links will also be in the show notes. So if you could open this up on your phone, find the show notes and you will get there as well. All right. This week, I had a chance to sit down with Danny Bauer. Danny is a podcaster, a consultant, and an online instructor helping school leaders manage change. His Better Leaders, Better Schools podcast is one of the top-rated educational podcasts in iTunes, and his online uh, community called Mastermind, he has a community called the Mastermind Community, is a global community of school leaders coming together to chat about their school. Today, we focus in on helping to manage the change around technology and bringing all of your stakeholders together, parents and students and teachers, around the idea of changing when we move into a one-in-one environment or when we really start thinking about how does technology influence the everyday learning of students. And with that, on with the show. All right. Well, welcome everybody to Shifting Our Schools. I'm so excited to have uh, Danny here with us, Danny Bauer, who has his own podcast, and I'm sure we'll hear more about that. Uh, But today's show is going to be really focused on uh, leadership, uh, whether that's from a school leadership or uh, leadership within your school as a, as a TOSA tech coach or even a department head. And, and what are the changes and some ideas and strategies for going through that change uh, when we give every kid a device and just change in general in school? So Danny, welcome to Shifting Our Schools. Appreciate you taking time to be with us here today. Hey, Jeff, man. Thank you so much for uh, inviting me to be on the show and love the work that you're doing there at Shifting Our Schools. And I'm here to hopefully just provide tremendous value to your listeners. Uh, it's an honor to, to spend this time with you. All right, so let's get started. Um, first of all, why don't you give us a little bit of background of just where, where you've come from, kind of what is the work that you do uh, with schools now? Yeah, sure. Uh, so so the, the history you know, that I have, I've been a classroom teacher uh, for quite a while, uh, assistant instructional coach, assistant principal, principal I've worked at central office, uh, working with a variety of schools too. And my, my last position in a building was principal two years ago in Houston. Uh, at that time I was in uh, year, year two, year two or three, yeah, year two or three of Better Leaders, Better Schools. So my podcast has been out for three years. And I was, I was at an uh, interesting pivot point. My wife, uh, who's a research scientist, uh, she studies diabetes in immigrant populations, and that's the expanse of my knowledge of what she does. <laughs> uh, <laughs> she, she wanted to uh, try, you know, researching overseas. Yeah. And so I had, we had to have some uh, difficult conversations, but it, it actually wasn't that hard. At that point, I realized that Better Leaders was thriving. 
And although I love the work and serving at a local school, I thought if I pursued it full time that we would be okay. And that proved to be true. So we moved to Antwerp, Belgium. Where is that? Who knows? I had to look it up on a map. And uh, yeah, she was doing her research. I was running Better Leaders, Better Schools, the podcast. uh, And that's been going on for three years. Uh, The other other work that I do, uh, I started a second podcast, a school leadership series. It's Monday through Friday, five minutes or less, daily inspiration uh, for the modern educator. Uh, And then, you know, the way I, I guess, earn my income and put food on the table is I serve 44 uh, clients in a mastermind, a group coaching uh, setting uh, from seven different countries around the world. Mm -hmm. So the elevator pitch that, you know, I got dialed in in 15 seconds or less is that I help school leaders fight isolation and frustration via a leadership community. That's the mastermind in order to gain clarity and find solutions to their greatest challenges. So we meet weekly for an hour. We, we dig into the you know, biggest problems that they have and we solve them. So that's, that's a bit about what I do. That's cool. And you're international. Are they local international schools? Are they international uh, schools that are abroad or who, who is that clientele? Yeah. So the seven different countries, like the majority of clients are American and Canadian for sure. Okay. And the schools that are not there, there's one, uh, Clayton is in Australia and he is an Australian uh, Australian. leading an Australian school. Yeah. Uh, and then I won't go through everybody, but Eileen, for example, is in, in China and she's leading an international school. Now, right. yeah, so yeah. Uh, it's, it's a little bit of everything. That's great. So we have a very much a, a similar crossover in audience as well as uh, we have a very international, um, you know, audience with myself teaching in international schools for 10 years. Uh, nice. You know, we, we have a pretty good following internationally as well. So this should be a really good podcast. And I think what we want to do is just kind of dive into, um, you know, there's a lot of things that happen in a school and this podcast is focused uh, specifically on technology and instructional changes. But I think we all know that that doesn't happen without a leadership that is ripe for change to begin with. Mm-hmm. And uh, w- a lot of the work that, that we do is help schools for better or for worse. But a lot of times schools are looking for something to help them change or to move forward into a new kind of instructional model. And for better or for worse, uh, when you give every kid a laptop or you go one-to-one, that Mm -hmm. is something to basically hang your hat on, right? You can say, look, we're going to do something completely different. And then trying to manage that change on a large scale of say a 2000 student high school or a 3000 student high school, or, Mm -hmm. you know, an international school that is K-12, you know, 4,000 students K-12. And so just wondering, like, where would you start in this idea of, okay, we are going, we're giving every kid a laptop. What is your first thing as a leader that you kind of try to help teachers manage that change and the idea shifts that have to happen once we have that new kind of pedagogy on the table? Yeah, so hopefully you don't roll it out, you know, all at once and and, uh, just blow things up. Jim Collins is famous for saying bullets before cannonballs. Yeah. And, and, uh, you know, I know you're a design thinking guy and that type of that type of uh, philosophy and principle, the idea there for me is to pilot it, right? right. So you always, you always start small uh, with some type of cohort. And, you know, uh, those are the early adopters too. And you just see what's going on, right? And, and let them build it with you too. So before you introduce it district-wide or school-wide, whatever you're doing, start small, uh, collaborate with the user. So the student or the parent, you know, I don't know whatever change we're talking pretty broadly here with that. Uh, and get that data, get that feedback. You know, it's, it's those, um, 
uh, focus groups, right? Where you're right. just asking questions and finding out about what's working and what's not, what's broken, what we need to fix, what do you want more of? And just being very open to, you know, the, the end user. So the student, right? A lot of times as leaders, we have a sense of if we do X, everything's going to be better. Yeah. And great. Oh, well, I'm glad you feel that way. And I'm glad that you're so confident in what we need to do, whatever that X is. Yeah. And the people are not bought in, right? And it might completely ignore like what their needs are, you know? So as, as a business owner or as a podcaster, as a principal of a building, I need to know my people. And one of the questions I want to ask is like, what are their pain points? What are their, what are their struggles? What do they enjoy, right? Yeah. And whatever I decide to do, and in this terms, we're talking about technology, it should serve them, right? To move the, move the ball forward. And, and it's, yeah, it definitely should be in service to whatever their needs are. So let's break down some of those audiences and let's start. Um, I think one of the things that we are really focused on as a company this year is that parent community, because we have done some uh, market research over the last couple months that have found that parents, uh, the, the research shows that I, I'm trying, I'm going to make sure I get this right. 89% of parents wish that schools would provide some kind of tech training towards parents. And then we went out to administrators in schools and said, would you, do you want to offer parent trainings? And we had 97% of administrators say, we'd love to offer trainings to parents. So parents okay. want the training. The, the, the administrators or leaders say that we want to give this training. How, where would you start then as a school leader to bring that community, your parent community, into a conversation over exactly what are you looking for? What is that, that pain point or that pinch point? Yeah. Um, that, how do you start those conversations with, with your community to really start to understand what it is they want? Or need? Well, I, think it's, I think it's great. Like if I understand correctly, you know, that there's a survey that goes out and you identify the need, right? Yeah. And so from there, and then the administrators too said, yeah, we want to offer this. So now what right. do we offer? Well, that's just another question. So, you know, based on us providing the school, providing technology training, in what realm, you know, do you want that to be? Does that have to be like, you know, in terms of uh, how to navigate social media with your student or how to use a certain type of device? You know, I, I'm not even, I don't even know what they would say. Right. But I would, I would just ask. So, okay, you said you want training. What kind of trainings uh, would you like? Or, for example, this is a place where you can lead the way a bit with vision and say, we're thinking of offering these 10 to 15 trainings, pick your top five. And yeah. from there, you're going to get invaluable data to say exactly like what people, what people want. You know, a little nugget of truth that I want to share too with the listeners then is that, you know, sometimes we might get overwhelmed as a principal or as a, a TOSA, as you call them. That was yeah. a, I haven't heard that before. So oh, you haven't? Oh, that's for, a big uh, thing here in the Northwest. We're called yeah. on special assignment to the coaches. Okay. Okay. So thank you for um, teaching me a new acronym. <laughs> <I didn't, laughs> that's what you it needed, was. a new one, huh? Yeah, yeah totally. Uh, but the cool thing is, or, or you know, the, the, the fear is sometimes, well, I don't know how to provide the training too. Well, yeah. you don't, who says you have to, right? Uh, one of the, the best questions that you can ask as a leader and you're, you're uh, trying to institute and implement change is why? Why do we do it this way? Why do we have to do it that way? And, and I'll give you a clear example in my own personal life. So my second podcast, School Leadership Series, five minutes daily, right? Like I already yeah. talked about that inspiration on your way to work. And, I, and, the, and recently uh, I applied this question to the podcast. and I said, why do I have to host my own podcast? Hmm. I don't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, 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 you know, as a, as a white male, I know that I have a certain perspective. I have privilege. I have some biases. 
and I really appreciate the diversity that's around me that's in the mastermind and what that all brings to the table. And what I've realized too, you know, Better Leaders, I would say is the number one downloaded show for school leaders, you know, that niche. Yeah. Uh, I want to steward that platform responsibly. I want to take it to the next level. So when I said, why do I host my own show? I don't have to. So I'm inviting diverse voices, whether you want to cut that around, you know, race, ethnicity, gender, uh, religious beliefs, sexuality, what I'm going to bring everybody on. They're going to speak their truth about education and leadership. And so, you know, I'm just saying, I'm telling your listeners, you might not even be have the one to offer the training. There might right. be people locally or even virtually. We're connecting on Zoom. That's how the mastermind connects. Yeah. Maybe somebody can Skype in, Zoom in, and it doesn't necessarily have to be you. So I hope the listeners have a, take a deep breath here. All right, with me. <gasps> like it doesn't necessarily have to be you that offers that training. And hopefully that takes a bit of the pressure off too. Yeah. Yeah. And I think what I'm finding too is in that, in just that scenario in asking the why question, I find that a lot of leaders, you know, schools, schools decide to go one-to-one because it's the cool thing to do at the moment, you know, yeah. giving every kid a laptop, giving every kid. And, and I think a lot of times that, that idea of a why isn't fully, it's either not fully fleshed out or it hasn't been presented to the community in a way yeah. that the community understands and knows why my child is now coming home with a Chromebook or my child's mm-hmm. coming home with a device. And so even to the point where, you know, you're like, ask the, ask the parent community, you know, do you want to help with your kids in social? I don't even think I, I, and this, I could be completely wrong. I would say the majority of school leaders don't even know the questions to ask, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right. To, to even get that information to know what parents might want. What is the specific thing around technology? Cause we just assume we just say, we say technology and it's just supposed to cover like everything from social media to creating podcasts to, you know, a kid being on their phone, you know, and they're sure, so sure. specific. Checking their grades, everything. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Checking their grades, you know, uploading stuff into a content system. Like we just call it all technology rather than being very specific to find out what those specific needs are. Mm-hmm. So how would you as a leader then, like, would you, would you create a, a, maybe like PTA or PTO groups, bring them in to figure out what that is? Like what kind of time, you know, management around those parent groups specifically, then would you kind of, how, how would you find the answer? So you even know what question, or how would you find the questions to even ask? How would you yeah. go about that? Yeah. I'd find somebody passionate like you to help with the process because yeah. the thing is, you know, I, I know that as a, as a leader, I think just as a human being, your most valuable resource is time, right? And it's a mistake and people think too, and, and it, sometimes it goes the ego that you have to do it all. And you, you can tell I'm, a, I'm kind of beating this drum a bit in the podcast. Yeah. It doesn't have to always be you. And so you got to think about who can you uh, delegate and build a team to actually um, do those things. And if that's not your strength, uh, in terms of finding out the questions, right, and uh, right. figuring out, like, how to serve your community at a high level, again, well, why, why does it have to be you? But you need to know uh, how to ask for help, who to ask for help. Listen to this podcast, I think, is a great, you know, a great start. Uh, and then looking in your community, who's, who's passionate? You know your teachers that love X, Y, and Z, right? If I think about right. uh, the last school I served in as principal, if I needed somebody uh, to, to lead the ultimate Frisbee club, I knew exactly who to ask Scott, yeah. right? <laughs> you know, he, he was like that, that, uh, uh, quintessential puppy dog, man, just younger teacher, yeah. uh, full of energy. And he say yes to everything. Right. Yeah. And you got to be careful with that. You don't want to overwhelm him. Sure. But the point is, is that he loved kids. If there was a need, it was a club. 
and it would be good for everybody, then he would say yes. And so you got to know your people, their strengths, their weaknesses, and who you could plug in. And so hopefully there's somebody within your building that you could say, I need you to take the lead in that. And then my job, because this is what I believe about leadership. I cast the vision. So everybody in the organization knows where we're going. You know, there's a quote that I absolutely love that is where, um, you know, in terms of, of vision, you cast a vision that people will run to it, right? Mm -hmm. Write the vision down so that those who read it will run. If it's inspiring enough, people are going to implement it. They're going to be excited about it. So I cast vision. I resource. I empower, right? So uh, definitely provide everything that people need to be successful. And then part of it, too, is I remove obstacles. So if I add one thing to the plate, like I'm adding one-to-one -to, -one to what we're doing at the school, right. guess what, school leader? I hope you asked why you're doing it. And now that you've decided that it is a good thing for your community, well, what are you taking away? Because you just added something. And since we're talking about technology, you know, okay, the new phone, woo, all right, super yeah. cool, that's really fun. And the thing that we love about Apple, for example, is the simplicity the beauty of the design, it just works, right? Yeah. I used to be an Android guy. I loved it because I would root the phone. I would flash a new operating system. Yeah. So some of those toasts are like nerding out now. Like, oh, <laughs> cool. And then I realized, you know what? I'm spending so much time doing this garbage. And sometimes I'd mess, I'd break it, and then I'd have to figure out how to fix it. And I yeah. always did. But I moved to Apple because it just works and it's simple. And every yeah. time they add a feature, they take one away. So that's a good principle too. When you're going to add that thing, what are you taking back? And you don't have to do everything yourself. Mm. So it sounds like to me, like you really believe in like a servant leadership model oh, yeah. uh, of, of leading schools. Can you talk a little bit for those that don't know the whole like premise or understanding of a servant leadership model? Because you basically just explained it, but can you kind of maybe just go into more, what does that mean as a leader to serve, you know, to be a servant leader? Yeah, yeah. I'm not going to get like spiritual about this, but I was involved in a, like a Wednesday night um, home group that was connected to a church. Okay, so I'll leave it at that. Yeah. But one of the things we did is we went to a homeless shelter. We would, uh, we would serve food and we would clean up. We would put on like a Christmas show. Like, and yeah. throughout the year, we did a number of things with the men that lived there uh, that were in transition. And uh, I was being groomed to lead one of the groups, right? So I was also starting to get a bit of an ego. Maybe the guy leading the, uh, the group, Gino, saw that in me. And uh, so what Gino, the leader of the group, and me, yeah. the second in command, what we did, we got to clean the toilets. Like, that's what he chose to do every freaking time we went there. And I, who likes cleaning toilets? Yeah. Like, <laughs> dude, I don't even barely clean it. I mean, I clean it at my house, but, you know. <laughs> It's just you don't like, look forward to it, right? Yeah. No, you don't look forward to it. And this is, this is in a, a, a transitional shelter. So it's not the cleanest place, let's say. That's servant leadership. When you are willing to do the things you're asking all your people to do, and nothing is below you. There's people, and we all know them. If I ask you right now, Jeff, who is that boss who was so full of it? His head was so big. Her head was so big. They love that title. They make you call them doctor when they have a PhD. Yeah. yeah. Right. So servant leadership is the antithesis, the opposite of that. Yeah, I love that. And I'm very much a, a believer in that that type of leadership style, too. And I think for especially for, I would say, those at a building level uh, or department heads or Tosa slash coaches, you know, in a school district or in a school that is one of the best ways I have ever found to create those opportunities to form relationships with your colleagues. Mm. You know, as, a, as a tech coach, I was a tech coach, was my last role in the school before, you know, I, I jumped the ship. Um, and 
I just remember like it was, you know, when somebody said, when you got a text message that said, oh my gosh, my projector's not working. I would run to that classroom, you know, to be able to fix that problem in the moment or to set something up, come in early the next day to make sure everything was working because this teacher was going to try something that was outside their comfort zone. Right. Um, and being able to be there and show support, you can move so much faster when you have leadership like that in a school. Um, how would you then as a school leader, if we try to transition from thinking about the parent community to maybe students in your school, how do you, would you use a servant leadership or around this change management? You know, a lot of schools have a, I think have a really rough time, um, you know, as they go one-to-one or they start to infuse more technology in helping students to understand what does this mean for them and their learning as well? And how, what are some strategies or ideas that you might have with school leaders around bringing students into that conversation of change as well? Sometimes we have this assumption that like the, the kids aren't necessarily old enough to get it. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know if, if, if you um, resonate with that message. And, you know, I, the leaders that I respect the most, you know, they have those like principal committees, right? Yeah. Of course, they're at the high school and they're really, you know, they're, they're planning prom and, I don't know, all sorts of cool things at the school. Yeah. Uh, but at the middle school, at the elementary school, why not? And yeah. so uh, you, you're teaching leadership, you're giving them voice. Um, you're teaching them how to critically think, right? At that, it doesn't matter the age. So again, just like the parents and, and going back to how we started the podcast, the, the bullets before the cannonballs, yeah. start small, pilot, get a group of kids together that, that want to be on the principal committee, you know, and maybe they get yeah. a little badge or a shirt or, you know, yeah. you, can, you can make it a moment and something that they um, celebrate at graduation or whatever uh, and just get them involved early and really let them lead. So yeah. it's not that much different than leading, you know, your staff, again, casting the vision, empowering them and removing the obstacles. You know, I had a group of uh, eighth graders that wanted to do this, um, you know, robotics challenge uh, and science thing. And uh, there was some money in the competition and all that kind of stuff. And I said, cool, I want you to do it too. So figure out, make a plan, let me know how you're going to do it. And then tell me where you need help for me to plug in but I wasn't going to solve the problem for them. Right. A lot of times as a leader, you know, we think that we need to, uh, and, and as a classroom teacher, sixth grade, I remember, um, you know, you think that that sixth graders would know how to open their lockers, right? Yeah. How to do a combination. And I'll tell you, Jeff, for like 10 years, I used to be so mad because I would run out there when they asked because I love helping yeah. But I also would be frustrated that, man, I need to write a lesson plan or I have kids coming in. I got a class to be ready for. You can't figure out your freaking locker. But I do it, I do it anyways, but I wouldn't do it joyfully, right? right. So that was a character, a heart issue. I ended up working on that and you know, figured it out for the most part. Yeah. But the, the, the key pivot moment for me was to say, oh, no, like, what are you going to do? When I realized it wasn't necessarily my problem to solve and yeah. I helped people see that they had the agency to do it, all of a sudden, most of those problems that I was engaged in just melted away. And that mm. freed me up to, to really hone in on my narrow brilliance. Mm. I like that. You talk a lot about like, um, you know, helping to get obstacles out, removing obstacles. Can mm-hmm. you give some examples of like obstacles you've seen or you've heard stories from, from leadership, like where maybe they don't see it as an obstacle? Like, you know, they're talking through it and, and you can say like, well, that's an obstacle for your teachers or your staff, or is that something you're trying to get over? Can you talk about maybe what are some of those obstacles that you have seen in schools that maybe 
I don't know, people don't, don't see or realize could be an obstacle to change? Hmm. This is a great question, which is what everybody says when they're buying time to think, right? <laughs> I, I would say in the mastermind, in my one-on-one sessions, I, folks have a pretty good awareness that the challenge exists or what the problems mm-hmm. are. And that's why actually this question is, is a pretty big challenge for me. I don't know right now that I have a great concrete example that there's a school leader and they're trying to implement some type of change, uh, but they don't see it as a challenge. Uh, I, think, I think the best example I can give is it, it has to do with assumptions that we make about the people mm-hmm. we serve and lead. And let's, whatever, let's go with the one-on-one one that we've been talking about. And you're casting that vision and in in, in you've empowered the teachers, right? And you've given right. them the resources and the devices stay in the lockers or the, the closet or, you know, they're not being used. Right. And now you're like, gosh, darn it. These people are against me, right? Yeah. They are not bought in. Uh, we're going to have to go toe-to-toe and battle this out. And the assumption that we make is that, is that there's resistance, right? right? So I'm, I'm glad I'm talking out loud and processing this with you. But I think the, the idea there, and we read this in the Mastermind two and a half years ago, Switch by Chip and Dan Heath. Have yeah. you read that by any chance? Yeah, I have. Yeah, yeah it's a good book. Yes. So you remember they talked about that, that uh, what often looks like resistance might be something different. And again, asking the critical questions and going deeper Maybe it's a fear that, all right, now that we introduce the one-to-one, what if I don't know how to teach that way? I haven't been adequately trained. Right. Oh, training. Like that's, you got time for another podcast? Like that's, <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Yeah. But there's other things going on under the surface that, you know, often our default is they're against me. It's win-lose, yeah. you know, and there's a problem and I need to fix it. Right. And so that's, that's the challenge. A lot of leaders don't see is like, no. And we read thinking fast and slow. Have you read that? I haven't read that one. That's a, that's a good one. Two systems, system one, system two, in terms of how our brain works. Mm. And, and one of them is, is your gut, your emotions. It's the snap decisions, which, uh, you got to learn to trust your gut, but there's a paradox. I'm going to talk about out both sides of my mouth. Uh, but you also have to question your gut. And there's, there's the system two thinking that's much more logical. It's deliberate. It's slow. It questions everything uh, because the, the, there's resistance. That's a system one. It's a snap decision, us versus them. But wait a second. What else might be going? And you start slowing down that process and you actually get to the real answer. Uh, and, and, and there's ways to teach yourself to do that. Hmm. I like that. And I would say specifically around one-to-one, like the things that I hear exactly what you're talking about is like, you know, a lot of it becomes, I think we, we characterize it as leaders of fear. And I don't think it's always fear, you know, fear of, I don't know how to teach this way, fear of um, now that we've gone one-to-one, they expect students to be on the devices all the time. And that's not what, and, and that's not what I believe as a teacher. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of things I think that teachers go through with that, that as leaders, we just look at it as fear and then we end up in us versus them, right? An us versus them relationship where many times I have, I have found that that's not really what it is. It's not a fear. It's a not, it's a not knowing and it's being, being cast, especially for a lot of educators for the first time, <clears throat> excuse me, for the first time in a long time, not knowing what to do. 
Mm-hmm. You know, you've just given every kid a laptop that has access to the world through an internet connection. And I don't know how to teach that way. Yeah. You know, and I don't know what that means for me or how to as a teacher them. or how to protect them. Protect like, them just by shutting it down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and I think there's a lot of things when we, we, we use the word fear, but it is, you've really got to dig into what is that? Because it's very mm-hmm. easy at a, you know, like you're saying at level one to say, oh, they're just scared. But it, there's a lot more to what is behind that idea of fear a lot of times than just scared of the device or scared of students or scared I'm going to lose my job. Uh, I find that it's, it's quite deeper than that many times. Yeah, and there's a connection there to, again, at the beginning of the podcast with the specificity of the questions you need to ask, right? Yeah. So now what do you want to learn about technology? Because that runs the gamut of social media to everything, uh, but being very specific in, in uh, what you offer. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Well, thank you so much for taking some time out of your day to spend with us and talk about leadership um, and around school change. Uh, is there any final, final words from you or things you'd like to plug or talk a little bit more about your mastermind? Is it a cohort that you run all the time? Is it once a year thing? How does that work? Yeah. Thanks, Jeff. Uh, I want to give a practical uh, activity that everybody can use. Just add, um, add some value to the show and then I'll, I'll talk about those things. It's called the GE workout process. Do you know that? No, I haven't heard okay, this one. So this one is, uh, it's really quick. Give everybody in your organization uh, a sticky pad of notes. And uh, this, this meeting will only be five minutes and my description will be even less. And so you're going to say, uh, you know, we want to we do X. You know, whatever, I'll give you an example. One-on-one client, um, $350,000 budget shortfall, okay? Yeah. Needs kids in the seats to be able to cover it, right? How are we going to do it? And she had a couple ideas and they were strong ideas. I said, bring your team together, give them the reality of what's going on and ask them for, you know, five to 10, as many ideas as they could come up with in five minutes. And after that, everybody's there jotting down on the stickies, stickies go on the wall. It's not a discussion. It's not a, like merit based, like which idea is best, but it's yeah. just creative. Right. And so since I know you're into tech and design thinking, I think your listeners will like yeah. that. That's the GE workout process. I like in, that. In regards to the mastermind, uh, that, that's a, a rolling in missions, okay? So if you go to the blog, uh, betterleadersbetterschools.com forward slash MM, you could read all about it, all the value, all the transformation that you'll get if you decide to join. There's an application. It's by application only. So, of course, there's an investment, but you can't throw money at me and join. Like, there's, we have an interview, like we're doing this podcast, and I have to vet, make sure you're higher quality enough to to come in the group. Um, there's a couple of recorded meetings. Uh, there's video testimonials. So believe me, betterleadersbetterschools.com forward slash MM. You'll get all the information you want. Uh, we talked all about like great questions to ask and critical thinking. So if you just go to the blog, betterleadersbetterschools.com, you could download uh, the three questions I ask myself every single day. And the last thing I'm going to show you, Jeff, the, the listeners can't see it, but my new book is out. All right. So Ooh, for three, congrats. three years, Jeff, I've been hustling. <laughs> And just offering value through the podcast, and that's all free. And the Mastermind is a premium and exclusive leadership group. Maybe that's for you, maybe not. I, I hope it is. But there's, there's uh, the book. And it's, so if you've, if you've connected at all with the type of message that I'm sharing, that kind of stuff, I promise you, is in the book. The book is called Better Leaders, Better Schools, Roadmap, Sticking with the Brand. Yeah, you don't right. even have to type the whole thing into Amazon. You just get yeah. to Better L-E, and it will pre-populate for you. That's how popular cool. Yeah, number one hot new release in Amazon. So I I would love it if some people checked out the book, visited the website. And Jeff, 
thanks again for uh, having me on the show. No, thank you. I really appreciate you taking time out of your schedule. And uh, we'll make sure that links to everything, including the book, are in the show notes. Uh, as soon as we hang up here, I'll just ask you to send me an email with all the links and we'll make sure those make it into uh, the show notes today. Danny, thank you so much for taking time. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Jeff. Thank you for listening to Shifting Our Schools with your host, Jeff Udick. Shifting Our Schools is part of the Eduro Learning Podcast Network. For more great content, visit sospodcast.org or follow us at Eduro Learning on Facebook and Twitter. Leave a review, rate, and subscribe. And we'll catch you next time on Shifting Our Schools.